the turning point was four years ago almost when actually the co-founder of Impact Hub decided to go back to Europe and then gave me the responsibility of Impact Hub with Olivia, one of my first colleagues back then. And so that's such a, yeah, like big moment for us because we're like, oh my God, oh my God, this is our baby now. <laughs> and now we can like, yeah, like, It's up to us also what we want to do in the future and how we want to shape the culture of Impact Hub. And, and yeah, it was such a lot of yeah responsibility when I was like 25, 26 years old. And I was like, wow, I feel like so empowered at this time like to have so, so much like responsibility. But it was also a lot of pressure, <laughs> I would say. But, uh, and so finally, I would say like I could like kind of like, yeah, be an entrepreneur myself because I would say Impact Hub is a startup helping startup in mm -hmm. somehow <laughs> so yeah. so yeah it's like and I felt less this kind of imposter syndrome because I had it like for so many years before of like mm, I am really legitimate as a foreigner so young like never run my own startup and and then like but I found then like I could overcome this this uh imposter syndrome I would say by just like also like yeah listening to the entrepreneurs about like yeah how they were grateful for me to be here and how more like I think I have very good listening skills for the entrepreneurs and try and have very yeah I try to find like already my cheerleading support was like what they were very grateful for and and Yeah, no need for me to be an expert at this point uh, when I was starting. Already, like, only the emotional support was something that they were missing and that was very helpful for them. And, uh, and yeah, and then I start, like, building up more, like, my skills, I would say, properly in, in my business management, mm -hmm. like, over the years, just by running Impact Hub and, and seeing it as a business as well. And, yeah, and then I could better support the teams and I would say now seven years later now I feel confident <laughs> only now I can say this like I can really help an entrepreneur in Cambodia thanks to all the experience thanks to all the stories thanks to all the like yeah the, the different uh, things I learned along the way as well <laughs> nice Hey everyone, I'm Dean Long, the host of Lifeline Podcast, where we are going to have deep conversations with changemakers from all around the world, working hard every day to make the world a better place. My guests share about their journey, what impact they are having, what are the challenges, successes and lessons learned along the way. And I hope you can take away a few things from these role models and apply it to your own journey as a changemaker. If you like this episode, you can share it with two of your friends, put a five-star review or comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or YouTube. And of course, subscribe to receive every episode and continue learning from all these role models. All right, let's get started with today's episode and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the episode 42, part two with Melanie Mossar, hosted by Linkalin. And in this part two, 
Melanie dives deeper into her transition from being an unpaid communication intern to becoming the CEO of Impact Up Phnom Penh. And she goes through the different phases the organization went through after seven years building the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Cambodia. She shares how her role has evolved from empowering the entrepreneurs and then empowering her team and now empowering the entrepreneurship support organizations in Cambodia, but also in other emerging markets. Finally, she also shares what is the mission of Impact Up Phnom Penh to showcase Cambodian entrepreneurs to the world and to become the best place to work in the country. So enjoy part two, watch part one first if you haven't yet. And again, this episode is very special because we recorded the video So it's on YouTube, so if you want to see everyone's faces, you can switch to YouTube right now. But if you want to listen to the audio, just stay here. Enjoy the episode and see you soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Lifeline Podcast with Melanie. I'm Linka. I'm taking over the host seat today. Um, but don't worry, Dinglong is still at the other side of uh, this uh, recording machine's So yeah, <laughs> what is recording machine, but camera and all the still in charge of all the technical side and the director of the whole episode. So yeah, swagate Melanie. I think in our previous um, episode, we were about to um, dig deeper into your role in Impatap Phnom Penh. Uh, and yeah, so... Just to repeat the last question, the, the last question from the previous episode, uh, I remember from your page on Impantap Phnom Penh, uh, you say that never uh, overlook or underestimate the power um, the changes can be brought by a small group of people, right? And I think that resonates about your role in Impantap uh, Phnom Penh. So can you tell us a little bit more about what do you do there? Yeah, sure. Uh, first, thank you for having me back here. Um, so, yeah. So actually, so my journey at Impact Hub actually yeah started almost seven years ago. Right now, um, back then I was I would say in discovery mode. I was like very curious to see what role I can play and like how yeah what are the needs like what's the situation so I spent a lot of time I would say observing the situation and and then I discovered actually these individuals that you're talking about these pioneers who are like changing the statue quo changing the reality the problems and want to be part of a solution and I got really I would say hooked by this passion and this um yeah their commitment despite all the challenges they are facing to get there and so yeah always my what I had in mind is like how can I make their journey smoother mm. like how can like how can we support them so that they are like the journey is less painful because <laughs> it's so hard to be an entrepreneur in Cambodia and like there's so many challenges and we can talk about them more in detail but like yeah it's like I found like, yeah, it's so much more complicated to start something in Cambodia. Like I would say, start no, but like grow something in Cambodia than in France, for example. Mm. Um, start, everyone can start very easy, but to grow something, very, very hard. Um, and so 
I yeah, I really really wanted to 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 be part of like how can we help them and and yeah build a team around this and like my journey at Impact Hub started just like as a communication manager <laughs> like I was just doing like design graphic design and then like after this it's like oh but really you're very good at like engaging people and like back then we had a co-working space and my role was just like to make people happy in the co-working space and I was like oh, is it a job <laughs> like I didn't know like just talking to people making connection this is actually something quite meaningful and useful And I was like, wow, it's so incredible, like the power of connecting people. Like, I love having like one-to-one conversation with all the people of a co-working space and discover like the amazing project they were working on. And then like, oh, but you should talk to this person. He's a journalist. Oh, you should talk to this person. He's a graphic designer. Oh, you should talk to this person. He's like, he knows like about like ocean like conservation. So I was like, yeah, I love like, the power of a connection of like connecting these dots together and how yeah project got accelerated thanks to this connection i was fascinated by this and then after i moved to like a position of more like yes starting supporting entrepreneurs directly like facilitating Mm -hmm. our programs and from my experience uh just like also learning about entrepreneurship at school like being like an intern in like a startup before i quite understood like how it works and then by being a student myself in the class of my my colleague I was like okay learning 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 <laughs> I learned like I joined maybe two or three cohorts as a student and then I start to see like okay what are the things to highlight like how to structure a curriculum and all of this and to make it meaningful and then I started like when she said okay now next time it's you who's in charge of it I'm like Okay, okay. And this have been always like this at Impact Hub. Like every time I was given challenges I will f- never thought I could do. And, but then they say, no, 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 you can do it. You can do it. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. If you think I can do it, like, okay, let's try, let's try. And then, yeah, like I got given a lot of confidence, a lot of responsibility very early on at Impact mm. Hub. And I was super grateful for this. And every time, like, I would say, like, I also went out of Cambodia to join uh, some conferences in Malaysia or, like, in Bali and meeting other people doing the same job, but in other ecosystem, I was like, oh, my God, this is so incredible. And every time I was coming back, like, oh, my God, okay, we need to do this, 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 this. this. (laughs) So I feel like exposure trip is so critical for you to see another perspective. Mm. And, uh, yeah, like, then move to like I would say like yeah I would say more the turning point was four years ago almost when actually the co-founder of Impact Hub decided to go back to Europe and then uh, gave me the responsibility of Impact Hub with Olivia one of my first colleagues back then and so it was such a yeah like big moment for us because we're like oh my god oh my god this is our baby now <laughs> and now we can like yeah like it's up to us also what we want to do in the future and how we want to shape the culture of impact hub and and yeah it was such a lot of yeah responsibility when i was like 25 26 years old and i was like wow 
I feel like so empowered at the time, like to have so, so much like responsibility, but it was also a lot of pressure, <laughs> I would say. But uh, and so finally, I would say like I could, like, kind of like, yeah, be an entrepreneur myself, <laughs> like because I would say impact is a startup helping startup in mm-hmm. somehow. <laughs> So, so yeah, it's like, and I felt less this kind of imposter syndrome because I had it like for so many years before. Like, mm, I am really legitimate as a foreigner, so young, like never run my own startup, and and then like, but I found then like I could overcome this this uh, imposter syndrome. I would say by just like also like yeah, listening to the entrepreneurs about like yeah how they were grateful for me to be here and how more like I think I have very good listening skills for the entrepreneurs and try and have very yeah I try to find like already my cheerleading support was like what they were very grateful for and and yeah no need for me to be an expert at this point uh, when I was starting already like only the emotional support was something that they were missing and that was very helpful for them and uh, and yeah and then I start like building up more like my skills I would say properly in, in my business management mm-hmm. like over the years just by running Impact Hub and, and seeing it as a business as well and then, then I could better support the teams and I would say now seven years later now I feel confident <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> only now I can say this like I can really help an entrepreneur in Cambodia thanks to all the experience thanks to all the stories thanks to all the like yeah the the different uh, things I learned around, along the way as well <laughs> nice thank you so much I think um, there's so many areas that we will dig deeper as you mentioned right uh so i think the first phase is more about discovery and learning Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you started as communications uh support and then community management and then moved on to um, uh, startup support and also taking more responsibility so yeah so let's focus uh, let's start from the first part you know Mm. like learning and discovery phase Mm. um and i it's sounds like uh it's like after it's around f- your, from your year one to year three right mm. um your learning and discovery phase and i think a lot of our listeners are also at that stage mm. uh so so let's dig it deeper into that phase so during the learning exploration stage um um, what are some of the things that you did mm. that later on you realize uh it actually built the pathway to the transition or mm. some of the things that maybe that um, you've allowed yourself to do mm. um, that, you know, the things that you, you learn and absorb mm. uh, very quickly. Yeah, I think I, I want to talk about like the first project I was given. Like, mm. uh, So actually back then it was, so the co-founder actually were getting married in Italy and then we were like mm. I've been here only like three months and or two months and then they say okay we're getting married in Italy see you in two months <laughs> I was like oh, okay 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 <laughs> like so we were like just two intern and we we're like okay so okay so let's uh, manage impact hub as much as we can like so already like given so much responsibility from the beginning and 
like very empowering time as well and uh yeah i think when you leave someone with the responsibility like it's uh, accelerator <laughs> like I, i would say like when someone tell you like i believe in you even if maybe they didn't believe back then but just <laughs> the fact of saying I, i believe in you is like okay 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 Okay, <laughs> I will, I will, I will mm. do my best. And then, like, so we were giving this program. Uh, it's, it's a partnership between the MIT and Impact Up Global, by with a theory you actually. Ah, yeah. And like, so I don't know if you're familiar, but like, so basically a, a theory like that, kind of like, uh, kind of put a framework on like how transformation can happen at an individual level or like more as a system level and uh, they describe this uh, transformation that has to go through three phases um, my first like a sensing part where you just like discover your aware your reality you learn about li deep listening about like really understanding beyond what you hear I would say then you have more like this uh, like root connection phase where you reflect more about yourself as a leader what you can do uh, what's your power and what's your will and mm. what do you want to do and then you have this prototyping phase where mm. you start small something and but you get started and back then actually when I get familiar with this theory I was like wow this is interesting this is very deep <laughs> uh, but this is a bit too high level <laughs> I have it so it was so hard for me to understand it I was like mm, okay how can I now make a workshop out of it and train people in Cambodia about it so I was like okay 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 let's simplify it and then I just I found like okay three word only could describe this process Ooh. that was a bit more simplified. I would say it's more like inspiration, mm. introspection, action. Mm. So before getting started, you have to know that something is existing. Then you have to know about yourself mm. that you can do it. You have the skills, and then town ah. action. You get started. You start small, but you start. Mm. And then I found it like oh okay. Now I understand. Okay, now let me design something. So I kind of created something, and then I, and then I send it to the MIT, uh, like some like insight from the ground because they were asking like, okay, what's happening in the ground? So I'm like, oh. okay. And then they're like, this is fantastic from Impact of Phnom Penh. Like, really, thank wow. you for your great example about like a great yeah a great exercise that you design. And I was like. Wow, so cool! I can like <laughs> I can be actually like, yeah, be recognized for it, and and so this is so cool. And then I was like, wow, so actually maybe I have some kind of talent in mm. simplifying things. <laughs> and then I I was like, oh, this is great because and then I realized like the more I was joining a lot of events, and sometimes I was like, oh my God, but why is it so complicated? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, but I was like, um, so yeah, simplifying is actually something hard. <laughs> mm, right. Like, it's like, it's really like, yeah, I feel like you need to study a lot <laughs> to actually go back to, 
like some people say I feel like some people some people get lost in loving complicating things but when you just stay with your complicated voices you can't touch people's hearts you can't touch connect with people you just like create a division between people and people feel stupid or like people feel like I am really like stupid or I don't understand so then and this is also what I feel like when you talk with entrepreneurs don't make it complicated like it's no point of making things complicated like use metaphor use like simple words and and like when you teach anyone when you like facilitate anyone like you don't want to have a feeling where people are like oh my god am I stupid or oh, <laughs> oh, mm. I don't understand like this is the worst feeling as a participant <laughs> so so yeah so I always feel like okay how to make complicated things simple things to understand and uh, yeah so this was like I think a, a good learning at early stage and then I felt also that yeah I, l I, I, knew, I learned a, a quote from Jack Ma that say like when you're in your 20s don't choose a job choose ooh, a boss ooh. and then when you're in your 30s okay start a business oh. <laughs> because it's <Okay>. like <laughs> like you have enough experience but you mm. are still like not so uh, like don't have too many responsibilities yet in terms of like mortgage or like <laughs> family commitment and then like when you're in your 40s hire young people oh. and then in your 50s work for young people wow. <laughs> and used to I thought I like If you can put uh, Lifeline, if you can put this uh, video of Jack Ma as a reference, it's such a good video. <laughs> like advice for okay. So yeah, twenties through the bus. Like I think this is so important because this is like gonna be the first people who are gonna trust you, who mm. gonna give you much more responsibility than you think you can. Mm. Gonna kind of be like your launch pad and make you discover many things. And I think like yeah, like working in a small structure with such an amazing boss at early on like early stage like yeah like being the first employee of a company is so amazing because <laughs> 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 I was like I was one of the first employees of Impactem and I was like <gasps> yeah like as you say like I see I did all the job <laughs> mm. <laughs> you, and you discover and you grow and you like you can design the future you want to see in the company and never you have this opportunity if you work in a big company like. mm. so I'm such an advocate of like work for a sort of small company with amazing boss <laughs> with people you admire as a yeah as a as a boss and, and then yeah like a lot of my free my first three years I was just like just joining all the meetings mm. with my boss like just listening and I was like interesting this is how you do negotiation interesting this is how you make sales <laughs> interesting this is how you design a product a program interesting so i was just like wow 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 lear learning 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 and then also this is a year where i discover like i feel like if you sh i stay only in Phnom Penh, i will only see the Phnom Penh reality but mm. actually a lot of my entrepreneurs are coming from the province and i Like when you go to the province and you only stay in the city in the province, you still don't understand. So what I did <laughs> was like, for example, Hop Chumben, which is like the 
the like one of the big celebration in Cambodia where you celebrate like the people who passed away and you remember them and so what I did one day was like I just posted on my Facebook a picture of me dressed with a traditional Khmer clothes Ooh. and they say who want to adopt me for Pshumben in the <laughs> family <laughs> I can go anywhere I can sleep on the floor I can eat anything just <laughs> like I just want to discover yeah and this was such an incredible experience like I had so many Cambodian friends who say oh come to my hometown like, da, da, da. and yeah and I found like this experience so good I was just I just went by myself with them and I yeah I learned like what the life in the countryside look like what does like what does it look like to be yeah maybe like uh, growing up in with like uh, farmers as parents and I like yeah what's the struggle to get education like what the, the life changing opportunity that they got so that they could reach to get the scholarships or something like that so it's like oh, I learned so much from this experience that I keep on doing this every year or like or just like going um like by bicycle like exploring Cambodia countryside like sleeping overs at the place <laughs> of a chief village chief that were welcoming us and I would say yeah this gave me a different reality of Cambodia and then I was always like sharing about it on my Facebook and everything and and then soon people realized like oh she cares and she wants to understand more and I think like it's also helped build my, my connection with a lot of uh, youth or entrepreneurs because yeah they see my genuine desire to know about it and, and this I think it's and I start also learning Khmer I start like went to university every day for three months to learn how to speak Khmer wow. and everything so like I feel like, yeah, when, on the day I said, like, okay, I'm going to commit to understand about this country, I just, like, <laughs> went to the, the most I could to, to really get it. And I think this really pays off. Like, it's really, like, yeah, put all my connection to the next level because people, like, it's like, no, it's not just a normal parang who just stay and gonna live one day <laughs> like and then doesn't care and mm. just do a job and then doesn't know about it so yeah I just was uh, I would say I was a sponge <laughs> I mm. was like sponge mode <laughs> <laughs> trying to absorb yeah. as much as you can yes yeah that's really fascinating and I think it's also super interesting how you keep uh, com when you mention responsibility, you mentioned this word empowered, feeling empowered. Mm. Yeah. So, and then I think it's, um, you know, it's a, a very, very virtual circle, like very mm. positive circle, right? That you are given responsibility and then you prove, you feel empowered mm. and, then, and then you prove that you can do it and then more responsibility come and then, you know, it's like snowballing. Now you're your whole shoulder is like a giant uh, <laughs> snowball. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and, and also about um, really amazed by your, uh, this commitment, determination to just fully expose yourself to the whole culture, to, um, to the community, and also with, uh, with actually with open-minded, but also uh, not just, you know, from from the from 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 the side of you know your 
your boss trusting you. But I think when you allow yourself to expose to the community, actually you are also putting trust to people in the community to、mm. willing to accept you, to willing to、um, you know give you a warm gesture,、mm. right? And、uh, yeah, and I think very very good point about. Uh, the first three years, the、uh, first、mm. no, sorry, first few years, <laughs> choose a good boss, the、mm. people that you want to be,、uh, in in and people that you can learn from.、Mm. So yeah, I want really want to dig deeper into one point that you mentioned about imposter syndrome,、mm. uh, and I think、um, so. It's it's so so basically during your first phase, the exploration stage. You mentioned about you know that you're just learning and stuff. I'm wondering, do you notice that you have imposter syndrome at that time? And then compare with like later on. You also mentioned about you know your responsibility of supporting entrepreneurs. You don't know if you can really, as you mentioned that you know you don't know how to. Uh, whether your 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 support to them could be well accepted、mm. uh, in the beginning, so just to compare the imposter syndrome、mm. into two stages and how, yeah, how do you deal with it? Yes,、um, yeah, I was I was feeling more like an imposter syndrome. With like how will other people in the ecosystem could perceive me、mm. rather than the entrepreneurs themselves?、Ah. Because I would say I had already kind of like the validation from the entrepreneurs, mm, mm, mm. Right, right? Because right. like I just go in the relationship with all my enthusiasm and my the thing I have to give and the thing I have to learn and like very yeah I would say very. Yeah, just give the best I can.、Mm. I would say, and and like really caring for them. Like I would say, even like the extra mile, like <laughs> like really also like building a lot of personal relationship with all of them. And yeah, I would say like a lot of entrepreneurs now. I can say is my friend. Actually, is、mm. is beyond my.、Uh, yeah, by by this like mentor mentee. Like sometimes, like yeah. Become very like friend and and I really also always want to create like this kind of safe space for them to open up and to share the struggle and maybe I found like like first the fact of being a foreigner I found it a bit hard but finally I found that it became maybe one of my strengths because I was going in the relationship with totally new eyes and.、Mm. They were more like, maybe they were opening it more to me because they were like, like she's just like a foreigner, like <laughs> like she maybe she is like,、uh, it's when they were explaining more about like maybe the problem with the parents or、ah. maybe like the problem being a girl or maybe、mm. the problem like the pressure from the society that maybe they would maybe not share. To a Cambodian directly because I assume that they know about it already.、Ah, so, like,、yeah. I could capture a lot of like more like deeper reality, maybe. So, so yeah, this like. But I only understood after that maybe it was a strain, <laughs>、mm-hmm. and then also being young, I realized that. 
Yeah, being young, back then I was like, oh, well, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start my own business yet. Da, 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 I cannot. But being young actually helped to connect with a lot of people too because the people who are young, they love talking to me. Like, like I'm talking to them like, like a bit like, oh, come on, <laughs> like, like, like just like pushing them a bit, like more, like, I don't know if I like, ask questions that maybe, maybe more, like, yeah, when they try to <laughs> do something, like, I'm like, oh, come on, like, you can do better, like, I speak to them more directly, maybe, mm. and then another thing is, like, being a girl, I think I also opened, like, it was a lot easier for a lot of women to, to open up as well, so, all of this I was like oh actually it's good it's good it's good okay mm. <laughs> yeah they said like I was kind of like I overcome it I think any imposter syndrome I read about it you have to you can overcome it by just listening factually to what people tell you <laughs> if people tell you like I'm so grateful for what you do just take it literally and really read it down it's like okay so this person is grateful for this 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 okay so that's mean I have this this this, this. <laughs> okay let's not think but maybe people think but I have this this, this. <laughs> because these people tell me now that I have this okay okay let's accept it okay thank you <laughs> and then like you just accumulate this kind of appreciation word and then you're like okay okay <laughs> if people keep on saying I have these skills I mean that I might have these skills maybe <laughs> mm. yeah just uh, you know changing the perspective and I and I really like how you also instead of focus on the the part where in the beginning you think that you might not be qualified or good enough but then you change your perspective it actually how it's not about good or bad it's really just about different perspective mm. right like you change the perspective and see that oh maybe you bring in fresh mm. perspective you make mm. people feel comfortable feel more mm. willing to open yeah i think uh that's a really good takeaway uh so yeah let's move to your phase two where you are given more responsibility you are being left with yourself and Olivia and mm. you are more immersed I mean more working very dedicatedly with mm. the entrepreneurs uh, right yeah so from this day I took on all like the program design ah. part like okay how can we always having this in mind like how can we create life changing program for entrepreneurs <laughs> like Ooh. like programs that are like really of a launch pad for them to to get started and and i think yeah i i yeah i spend like all my nights like just like learning online like going around like just like taking as much as i can like especially from france like i like there's so many amazing programs in france that are super well designed very great content so i learn a lot i read a lot of books about it and then i try to always like okay try it in cambodia and uh and yeah like especially i would say like experiential learning I think it's really powerful, like because as I mentioned, like the Jagari Teatra yeah. was something that had such a big impact on me. Like, uh, so how can we create such an experience in Cambodia 
she might have missed to do the comedian secretary on Yatra one day but <laughs> for now I feel like let's start smaller so I think uh, yeah like doing this more like discovery trip in the community having the entrepreneurs practicing their like empathy skills discovery skills a bit like what I've done just on my way on my mm. own like yeah. you know, like having the entrepreneurs exposed to this kind of like Yeah, customer interview, understanding deeper root causes of a problem and, and like starting prototyping something. Like, so we designed some like small uh, kind of like exposure bootcamp hackathon style in, uh, with entrepreneurs from our cohort mm. that were like sometimes bonding very strong relationship with each other practicing these design thinking skills and then like starting prototypes some ideas and all of this yeah exposure were really like wow <laughs> for all of them so I think we make it kind of our signature also to to do this kind of like trip outside the walls of like just teach you something and then I think What I discover is that not only me has some skills to share with the team, but everyone on my team actually has incredible skills. And when we work with entrepreneurs, the most exciting, exciting work is the work directly with entrepreneurs. Oh. <laughs> I would say like, because you hear direct feedback from entrepreneurs about how grateful they are for the help you, they give, you give to them. But so I realized like at the team meeting, it was always me like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Like, <laughs> and then like, for example, my uh, finance director, she was like, yeah, we still don't have money. <laughs> I'm so sad. Like, it's like, oh my God, oh, oh my God, we still don't have la la la. Like, and then the managing director, like, oh my God, this proposal is so annoying. Like, so it's like quite painful, like a lot of a job at impact time. So it's like, why only me has the happiness <laughs> um, so how can we bring this happiness to all our mm. team members so now the finance director became a finance mentor for the entrepreneur Ooh. the managing director became like a mentor on like how to build a strong culture how to care about the well-being uh, then like we have the communication manager who became like uh, a trainer in how to make video and like how to develop your branding and all of this and this like really changed everything because mm. then like everyone took the ownership of like the success of entrepreneurs and it was not just only me who was happy about the entrepreneur support and we were sharing <laughs> some nice things from time to time but everyone like really felt like okay how can we help the entrepreneur how can we help the entrepreneur <laughs> and yeah I love this shift and mm. like and um and yeah now today even like the impact hub like we can speak about the face three later but now we are like 16 people and everyone has something to do with entrepreneur in the job even if they are not the title is not entrepreneur support like everyone is a trainer wow so. <laughs> that's so amazing and yeah i think it actually uh it already has like a strong science in your face one right like when you design the mm. workshop you try to simplify things mm. that's already a sign that when you design 
any programs for you. Uh, to me, it sounds like it has to be a program that you personally enjoy mm. before you actually invite entrepreneurs to be part of it. Mm. If you yourself doubting that why is it so complicated, mm. why is no fun, mm. what's the meaning <laughs> of the whole program, then you know if it doesn't make sense to you, yeah. you will not accept it. Yeah. Right? So oh, yeah. Uh, I yeah. hate bullshit project. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> like, so it's like it has to be useful, meaningful. Mm, If it's yeah. not, like, what's the point? Like, we have so much, we have such a limited time in <laughs> to live. Like, I don't want to be involved in things that I don't believe in. So, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you involve people into it, and then they connect the dots. Yeah. So their communications work is not just. Communications work. They mm. also connect with the people that they mm. are um, part of the program, and uh, yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. So, um, so on the phase two, you are mainly design different programs uh, to help entrepreneurs, right? Mm. Um, so, and uh, um, actually, I have a question about how do you any lessons learned? Uh, how do you find all this amazing? Entrepreneurs, uh, like, is there like, a, do you have an entrepreneurs, good entrepreneurs radar, or, or <laughs> something? <laughs> ah, mm, I think uh, first Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's something. It's um, Facebook. It's really uh, powerful in Cambodia. I mm. kind of underestimated when I arrived in Cambodia, and I realized that like, oh my god. Everything's on Facebook, so just share everything on Facebook mm. all the time. <laughs> and so, yeah. And when you, it's all about like building a brand, building because Impactab is a brand, and Impactab is a startup, as I said, it's a startup yeah. helping startups. So, like our customer, our entrepreneurs, our users. Yeah. So how can we make this brand something people want to join? People mm. like feel like. They really want to be part of. So the best publicity is custom uh, word of mouth. So if you invest in in the first entrepreneur, then they're gonna help you recruit the second generation of entrepreneurs. Ah. So I will say it's always like this. A lot of entrepreneurs that we we come and support is actually word of mouth or friend of the entrepreneurs that we already supported. We tell them like this was amazing and life changing and these people are so nice and you should like like you're gonna be loving being supported by them. So uh yeah, we say like yeah it's like any startup if you put your heart in what you do, like mm. people will feel it and yeah. will and this become your unfair advantage I would mm. say like because it's hard to 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 replicate even if you have very good content like if you feel like people don't care like it doesn't you don't want to be part of it so yeah I would say like considering Impactab as our own startup as our own project and like constantly thinking about how can we make it better how can we improve it's what attracted people and then we had also quite like outside the box promotional video <laughs> of our program like like some of the video like I started like just like spoke Khmer ah. <laughs> I just made a promotional video in Khmer and then we were like oh my god <laughs> a bar we know how to speak Khmer and then they started like sharing a lot so some of our promotional campaign got viral and 
could reach like very remote areas, I would say. And and yeah, also like very inclusive uh, recruitment process. Also like people can apply in Khmer in English. They can, uh, if they can't apply, we put a phone number and then they tell us like what's the problem, with bad internet or like we just explain the situation by phone and say, oh, okay, okay. For example, like one of our last entrepreneur, he actually like, one of his friends told him like you should apply absolutely and and he doesn't know how to type on the computer so he wrote on the paper by hand and then he gave it to a friend and a friend typed for him and then he got selected (laughs) and then like we teach him how to use zoom and all of this and now we uh, send voice message on telegram and all of this and yeah now it's work and it's so like such an incredible pioneer of like waste management in his province very remote area in in some lot and so we're very happy to to support this kind of like people who like still like he didn't say like oh i cannot join <laughs> but <laughs> like he's like okay i need to join i'm gonna call them i'm gonna write by hand i'm gonna like this is already kind of entrepreneurial even if he cannot learn yet how to type like this is the kind of people we want like people mm. really want it like we don't want to have like spoiled entrepreneur like people who don't value our help like it's okay like if you don't need it like just like it's okay mm. as I said like hate bullshit things I hate <laughs> like meaning like meaning less uh, engagement so if people don't value it's okay like we just like go with someone else or you know, like you don't need it right now it's important that people value what we have to offer and if they by really value it like we are going the extra mile also for them as well nice <laughs> yeah so really know your audience very well know mm. the channel to to reach them and uh, think outside of the box mm. and uh, once the they <laughs> yeah build a brand build a brand and once they show their commitment yeah. uh, be there for them and and yeah mm. so I think it's already with all the applications you already have a good filter of um, people who are committed so uh, yeah any other interesting things or memorable things on your face too uh, in yes. Impact Hub so one thing that I think I don't hear a lot mm. is actually how hard it is for incubators to fundraise mm. because everyone talk about how hard is it for entrepreneurs to get some money but no one talk about how hard it is for entrep- like incubators to survive because to be honest with you like we almost like close impact up I don't know like three times and I can tell you how many nights I spent like crying oh. and saying like oh my god oh. will we have enough money like can we actually like make it to this year because it's actually we are like yeah our product is our programs mm. and uh, yeah if we don't have anyone buying our product we cannot deliver our program so then yeah then <laughs> we can't exist yeah <laughs> so it have been a lot of sacrifice and especially like yeah like a lot of the time i was like working for two or three people like just to save money and to save like try to to go through it and and yeah it's i've been quite 
painful experience uh, the fundraising part uh, I think it's quite underestimated and and um, yeah it's hard to fundraise uh, like to manage partners expectation to find fun, find the good partners but I just want to mention like one partner that saved our life and that I'm really grateful for like for the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like this first partner is smart smart oh. I like, I'm like thank you smart <laughs> I think like smart is the best partner like really like it's like like why I found this partnership so so meaningful like first like and it changed the ecosystem as well like mm. this partnership like so it's actually it was like one of the first uh, partner that really committed for us with a long time we signed a five years contract wow actually back in uh, 2000 16 mm. where we were very poor <laughs> like when we were like we had them yeah as i said it was the main partner we had back then and um but what i found really like the whole thing the whole partnership is so fascinating because first it started as a intrapreneurship project within smart they were doing like kind of like a, a challenge internal challenge of like okay how can we create new product as smart? And they did a mini hackathon within ah. smart. And then yeah. some of the people from the, uh, like the CSR, emerging CSR departments were like, okay, if we want to build a strong ecosystem, it has to start with like training youth to be like the digital tech entrepreneur or like, and so we started this flagship program called Smart Starts. And actually back then, it's um, also a very interesting mechanism where the Ministry of Post and Telecommunication uh, created a special fund called CBRD, like CBRD fund, which is um, uh, also like uh, pushing the telecom company to give a percentage of their profit to the development of a telecom, like of a digital ecosystem of Cambodia. Mm-hmm. And so through this fund and this mechanism, actually they could like reallocate, allocate some fund to us to develop this like new generation of tech entrepreneurs in Cambodia. And we started Smart Start as like a nine months program for 120 students in Cambodia. So the first big scale ever program in Cambodia and where we were teaching them like tech skills, business skills and leadership skills. And what was super interesting is that the leadership skills were taught by a former monk. Wow. So it was more like Buddhist driven (laughs) values, uh, mindfulness, uh, Mm. leadership. So I found it very also... Like this is very unique to Cambodia and somehow, and then we um, we partner also with like like tech companies in Cambodia to be the trainers of like what is the tech skills that you wish all your future staff will have and so very practical curriculum and uh, and then we involve actually like more than thirty thirty mentors. So this was really the time where we also like train a new generation of mentors. Ooh. And then we started uh, doing uh, like inviting very VIP guests as our judges. 
And this is the time when we started also invest when Facebook had this live stream uh, function yeah. Yeah. that was incredible because we partner also like Smart has an incredible marketing team and like <laughs> PR team. So basically, yeah, like the quality was so good. When we stream it, it looked like a TV show, you know, like really like looks so professional, so like TV show level. So then, and then we were using also the smart uh, social media channel that have more than 2.5 million likes on Facebook. <laughs> and as I told wow. you, like when you do everything on Facebook, you have so much rage. So like then a bit of boosting behind, very amazing show. And then the first pitch we did, like, I don't, I don't remember, like we had like maybe like, yeah, 800 people watching live on like the the, the 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 stream and I was like oh my god and, and people were like wow 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 <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know these people exist in Cambodia wow 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 like and then wow. like like I feel like yeah because like so we train all these young people like to present some like digital tech talent tech ideas so Cambodia like solving important problems of Cambodia and and then like yeah I feel like it's beyond uh, the incredible impact that we had in these young people. Mm. I think it's the mainstreaming of like youth entrepreneurship, of like entrepreneurship, of like problem solving, of like Cambodia believing in the new generation. Like it's it's like so many. M- meanings actually afterward like because yeah like really like when you were reading the comments people were just like amazed like wow like (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know these young people exist all the young the judges were like i didn't know these young people exist everyone was telling us this and we say they exist and maybe if they represent one percent of a population this is the one percent of a population that we need to grow nurture that's going to be the next job creator of tomorrow that's going to be the next like intrapreneur of tomorrow and and the goal was not really yet to make them start a business because at early like at entrepreneurship at study university level they might like it's so hard to plan the future you mm. might want to study abroad or you yeah. want to, don't have so much funding and everything so but at least all the seeds we planted through this program was so incredible and now like we are still doing this program five years later wow. and uh, and actually one of the, like the main uh, I would say like award or so of this program is uh, an exposure trip to Singapore to visit like Facebook Google uh, <laughs> like uh, also like tech uh, startups in Singapore and even this was super impactful because when we did this visit it was the first time ever that they welcomed some Cambodian delegation <laughs> and then we were like hey Facebook uh, <laughs> you know that Cambodia uh, Facebook in Cambodia is super powerful but sometimes like so many broken things in, in Facebook in Cambodia <laughs> like like we were also about to able to speak out some of the things we wanted to change for Facebook in Cambodia mm. to Facebook like even for Google business like there is maybe like two Cambodian like there's actually one Cambodian staff 
at Google oh. only, but he's not even he's a bit yeah he's in charge of of Google. But like, so Cambodia is a bit left behind from so many like big tech companies. Mm. So it was also very powerful for us to be there and like speak out what our needs and and be the first delegation I would say of Cambodian young people they want to meet and and everyone was like so curious to meet us because they were like oh wow like these people are very bright so like every time also when I was traveling abroad I was like okay we are the ambassadors of Cambodia outside Cambodia so what do we want people to know about Cambodia mm. so when I was asking about okay how is Cambodia I'm like lot of young people emerging <laughs> talent <laughs> it's growing it's growing it's growing I don't talk about numbers because numbers is very low but I really want to highlight that Cambodia is like 79% of a population is like less than 30 years old and when you have such a demographics like the future is in your hand like it's, yeah, it's in front yeah, of yeah. you so uh, so yeah and so this program like for me was really really incredible and like the CEO himself was putting so much like effort and like always being here at the final pitch, like always being a judge, always like discussing with uh, the entrepreneurs and and so yeah it was really a next level partnership and so much trust also with the team like we were best friends <laughs> like we were wow. like like very like so I feel like this is the definition of a very good partnership like having a shared vision having like like really like seeing it like the entrepreneur like the program itself become like a mini product as a startups mm. not being too much as like okay planning in advance all the budget that we have to do and telling exactly what we do is like we can be quite flexible it's like oh I see this opportunity oh, should we invest this person oh yeah uh, should we try tweak a bit uh, this thing because entrepreneurs don't want to do this and like we, this like sounds better so I think this is also like what I really really want to have the partners like the founders to be more flexible on this because now it became more so more like big project NGO driven <laughs> like you have the objective of the of a founder but sometimes are far away from the like helping an entrepreneur and if we cannot be like entrepreneurial in the way of supporting entrepreneurs like we are killing ourselves mm. and somehow so yeah. having such a yeah, like flexibility in uh, project management, in uh, yeah, like running pr yeah project, like running programs is actually like it pays the result of much more powerful than just like having all an advance plan and then like delivering exactly what is planned and then if you want to change it's a disaster and it's like <laughs> so so yeah I would say like freedom of like using fund as we want to make a meaningful project is really really important nice <laughs> uh yeah i think a lot of first time for cambodia mm. first time ever big scale entrepreneur mm. first time ever visit to all these big tech company mm. first time ever uh people engaging so many mentors okay, like <laughs> many yeah mentors and uh first time people noticing the power of young people mm. yes yeah, really really amazing and i think uh 
I, I think even though when you look back right now, mm. it's like such a positive, mm. transformative and life-changing experiences. I'm sure at that time must be super stressful mm. for the whole team, right? Because it's like a lot of hard decisions, a lot of stress. Even though the funding come in, mm. you have to make sure that you do it right. Mm. So then you can keep on going. Must be a really struggling, but also challenging, but also very re- rewarding mm. memory. Memory uh, of of, of your f- yeah. I feel my life is a roller coaster. <laughs> like okay, so you can speak to my boyfriend, <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna say like one day I'm like super excited. I'm like oh my god, like I love my job so much and I love it so much. And, <laughs> and one day I'm like oh my god, why is so hard? Why is so hard? And like crying so hard and being so desperate about everything. Like I think it's like. Yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> like, mm. really, really hard. Right. And sometimes it's like also this like, like also personally, I take a lot of responsibility in like wanted to make sure our program is impactful, useful for entrepreneur, and yeah, like it's just like overwhelming at one point where you have you feel I don't know like personally I felt the responsibility of like if an entrepreneur doesn't succeed well I felt like mm, oh my god yeah. it's my fault why I didn't tell him this oh. or like I didn't like I should have warned him or her about this like I feel like oh my god like and there is so much pressure and then it's like okay like at one point yeah you can't yeah and like I almost burned out actually like one time like Ooh really really bad like and yeah I felt like the being too passionate can also be very painful and mm. very harmful and very bad and so moderation is better and do your best is better and like know that you can't control anything is better <laughs> like yeah. and saying no is better <laughs> and so yeah it's so I yeah. learned the hard way, but I think I needed to, also to experience it. <laughs> you care about it so deeply, so much. That's why all the positive, all the good progress makes you feel so happy all mm. over the moon. And then maybe something that frustrates you uh, also intensified mm. just because you care about it so deeply. Yeah. So uh, let's move to phase three of your career. So from program design program management kind of role uh, mm. where what's the what's the next stage of your career so phase three actually yeah started uh, almost one year ago when olivia left and i would say like yeah this was another level of uh, transformation because uh, this is the time where i really really feel the real ownership of Impact Hub and the real responsibility of Impact Hub where I felt like a lot of pressure, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> like, because it's... Uh, we were sharing this pressure before, but then there were like uh, four months between the new manager, n- managing director and uh, Olivia left, so I had to do this transition. And this was a time also where we actually double the team and we hire so many people mm. um, because yeah, it was not possible to continue like this. We were all like overworked already, so we really needed to 
to hire people and I'm so so happy about this decision and um, and yeah and I would say like yeah the transition like was yeah quite a like I felt like being pushed into a, a big swimming pool of like okay so now you have to learn how to do like proposal writing budgeting uh, like uh, every skills like team management I become like a manager of like five people directly well actually before I was just only managing myself and only one person so from like one person to five people to like so I had to do okay so now I have to build a culture okay so now <laughs> I have to be, I have to like make sure we have money okay now I have to apply for a UNDP proposal that is super complicated but <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god oh my god <laughs> like so many first time again um, so yeah I think like this was a kind of accelerator of like how to manage a company mm. <laughs> and I felt I was like okay I am the last person who check I have the last person who gonna say there is a mistake or no and like so also this kind of res- my attention to detail like skyrocketed <laughs> I mean before I would not clarify myself as um, someone who has strong attention to detail but now I became like over attentive to detail <laughs> because I was like okay 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 <laughs> I have to do it <laughs> um, but yeah but I'm so fortunate but we have also a strong leadership team at Impactub like it was not even me like we already like have like the oldest people at Impact Hub, like the more like the people who have like have been here for the past three or four years, like really like supporting each other a lot uh, during this transition. And um, and then yeah, now we clearly separate what Impact Hub is doing into five pillars, so it's more clear. Like so, we have entrepreneurship for impact. We have. Um, more all the things related to youth and education, youth empowerment and education. Uh, another pillar more like on online learning. How can we scale what we do at uh, like country level, and then more on the part of like uh, ecosystem building uh, and advocacy, or like developing like a better policy made better uh, access to funding in Cambodia better like mentoring system in Cambodia uh, and also like developing the capacity of other mini entities in the countries like Pum Impact uh, in Batamong Um, and then the last part is more like how can we build this entrepreneurial mindset for people who are not entrepreneurs Mm. So, uh, like all the parts that are more like uh, training young people, for example, who are gonna be placed into agriculture cooperative and gonna like develop some product or have them the cooperative access to market, and mm. like so. And also with like you, young people in like wash sector or like for example like NGOs. So these are like I think with so much potential in like training de- like for me developing an entrepreneur ecosystem is not just making entrepreneur go faster mm. it's the whole ecosystem if anyone is entrepreneur more entrepreneurial in the way they look at problem in the way they they um, 
yeah, the approach, uh, like prototyping or like starting small, but starting something like, I think it's going to be much more efficient, much more lean, much more like connected to the problem they are solving. And, um, yeah, and the result will be better. So, so yes. And, and now more recently also like in the ecosystem building part, I would say like, I've been also like starting to train other um, incubators in the Asia Pacific region, yeah, and this nice. I'm so excited about it. Uh, Yay. And I feel like yeah, comes the time now where I feel like uh, I want to share what I've learned over the years with other incubators. Now I have an amazing team that trains so well all the entrepreneurs. Like I'm so proud of my team now. Like really, really proud of them, and they get so much responsibility and ownership already in, in what they're doing so I'm like okay so what's next for me and I feel like yeah designing curriculum um, and uh, training these incubators in Asia Pacific who may be coming from smaller ecosystem is something that I'm really interested in and now so I I became um, like a co-lead also at Impact of Asia Pacific to mm. try to develop more collaboration between Impact Hub in Asia Pacific and also now I became also an onboarding coach for Impact Hub Global so that I can train the new Impact Hub as well uh, and help them like, like get started so yeah it's more about yeah, now teaching uh, a new kind of people and uh, to make uh, and kind of like reflect about all these years at Impact Hub like, and the fact that I've done all the positions <laughs> from like communication, community building, like yeah. and now doing more like the finance, fundraising, budgeting, partnership building, um, proposal writing. It's like another skill set that is very key to run an incubator. So yeah, I really hope um, I can share some shortcuts <laughs> for these incubators because I don't want them to yeah. Now is my next my next question is like how can I make the journey of the incubator smoother? Mm. <laughs> like before it was the entrepreneur and now it's like for the other incubators. No. Ah <laughs> nice. So yeah, I think starting from realizing that um it, it's like before you have two people sharing one raft and floating on the ocean trying to navigate, <laughs> but now suddenly the person and the raft are taken away and then you have to learn how to swim to afloat yourself immediately not get drowned right it's um yeah or i would say it's more like mm, the raft now is not a raft in bamboo anymore ah it's a bigger raft like it's a bigger boat oh okay and now it's more like how and like everyone know what they are doing <laughs> in the boat. Mm. And now I'm teaching people who are at the rough stage to <laughs> how to build a boat. <laughs> I will see it more like this. And me, I'm, yeah, I feel like yeah now also like only now, only two months ago, <laughs> I can say like I don't feel stressed about money mm. <laughs> for Impact Hub. But only like yeah one month ago like maybe maybe next year is going to be another <laughs> like very hard oh. but it's 
yeah it's so hard to find financial sustainability or financial like freedom like financial yeah to be confident about the future uh, yeah I would say um, but now I think like yeah and now also I came to a stage where I like I choose what I want to do if like now I feel like a lot of the time is people approach us with project mm. and so if we don't feel it if we don't uh, like learning how to say no I think is the most powerful thing I've learned last year or this year I'm like I'm like okay if I don't feel it let's not bother <laughs> yeah so it, it, yeah I think it's it's like you from raft to the boat you had now you recruited more sailors right and each sailor they enjoy navigating the ship but for you you're responsible to find the fuel mm -hmm. so that the boat yes. can keep on going yes. <laughs> you have to navigate oh where's the gas station where can we find the fuel uh but for now the fuel the the tank is pretty okay you yeah, can keep the boat for this year <laughs> the boat <laughs> will <next> year. <laughs> continue for this year and then uh how do you build the so i would say like so now actually my my the free question i always has in mind this year was so my, my phase two was like how do i make my entrepreneur happy and mm. super impactful and like it is yeah like that I give the best support to them. Yeah. Now, my two additional questions is like, yeah, how do I find money for the boat to stay afloat? <laughs> and how do I make sure everyone in my team is happy and doing what they love and not burning out and being at the right place to really thrive in the role and like making them grow and how do we recruit more people how do we make the people who are here stay longer how do so it's like now yeah my the, the staff of impact have become the, the, the most like like things i care the most about right oh. now <laughs> so what was the hardest and the best decision could be two one is hardest and the other is the best but also it could be the it could be both it was very hard but then yeah. it turned out to be the best i think like recruiting people when we don't have money oh i think it's right. just the best where we have maybe like two or three months of cash flow mm. in front of us but we recruit people mm. oh like this is so hard to make because you're like <laughs> I'll recruit you for a one year contract but I don't have money for <laughs> so it's like but I think this was very critical because actually what I realized is that a lot of partners were like oh we can't work with you because we don't have the capacity like right. you are too overworked like you're already doing so many things so I'm like this is stupid like they just hire people but then it's like but we don't have money but maybe if we hire and we tell them we have people then we're gonna get be able to get the, the project so so it was like a bet <laughs> in the future a bet in like okay we believe we trust in ourselves that we're gonna manage to fundraise at the right time and mm. like nice like have the right people at the right time so and yeah it was that's why we we hire so many people and and actually yeah how it happened is also like we asked for only one position and we had three amazing people who applied. I was like, impossible to say who 
should we get because the three of them are so incredible oh let's take the three of them <laughs> <laughs> and then it was the best decision because after that like we just get like programs confirmed and everything so we could run all of our project and now they are thriving so well wow. in their role and I'm so proud of them wow. <laughs> and Deep. I think also like one thing I realized is like yeah building a team culture like now my best my dream is like to be like the best place to work in Cambodia mm. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. I really want to create a culture like I like in France there is this kind of label of like the best place to work like mm. and I think this should be like for me like this is the like for me like uh, even for the entrepreneurs raising fund like being like raising like two million dollars or something like this for me this is not the goal yeah. like for me it's like how can we make entrepreneurs happy mm. in running their budget their their, no, their, their project yep The happiness of an entrepreneur is the... Yeah. If the entrepreneur is happy, then it's good. But if he's happy, it means that he has some financial sustainability, he found a team that he loves and that he's doing some impactful projects that are really solving the problems that he wanted to solve since the beginning. So if this happens, then our mission is complete, mm. I would say. Like, we, we, are, we are not like pushing to the extreme growth I would say of our entrepreneurs and I would say it's the same of Impact Hub like if our team is happy if we have some financial sustainability mm. if the entrepreneurs we're supporting are happy then we're happy <laughs> when we succeed and, and that's it and I think it's uh, but yeah, the hap like, yeah these three pillars are like the ones that of a very important and I think a lot of the time we only talk about yeah developing an amazing product and being very rich <laughs> but I think beyond well-being is like happiness happiness is the <laughs> mm. the grail like uh, the, the thing to reach so yeah so what's the what are the uh, principles or motto for uh, for your For, to build the happiness for, for your team yeah I think first is that everyone should be connected to the users mm. like the people we are helping like as I said like now everyone become a trainer yeah and even like move a facilitator <laughs> <laughs> like, I really like I really want all my team to be a mover facilitator because wow. I feel like this is so good to be like when you're being a trainer you feel so good like mm. you feel like you're useful to someone yeah <laughs> so like okay. I, re I really really love this um, I think the other part is like finding friends at work mm. that they can be friends together and having yeah like deep conversation being vulnerable even at work like being op open to share about your struggle even your personal struggle with the people you build the, the, the strongest relationship with and also yeah being um, recognized in your work having a lot of ownership in what you do and a lot of the time actually like 
like people are very independent in the work at Impact Hub. Mm. <laughs> like, like the way people make we make decision is like the person who is actually in charge of project has the most power to make the decision. And then I will say we are the advisor, even ah. if I am like, like at the leadership role, like, like if one person with managing a program tells us like, no, I don't think uh, this person we should work with this one, or like we should work with, oh, I don't think like I think we should change the budget for this. I'm like, okay, 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 like I take note of this. So, like, yeah, I've, I would say like the way of working is really like, it's not like I have a power. You listen to me and you do what I say. It's more like this is your baby. This you are in charge of like youth empowerment and education. What do you think we should do next to be the most impactful? Because I'm not in touch with them all the time. You mm. are in, in touch with them all the time, so you know better what is needed. So just do it and then tell me what you need from me. Like who should I approach? Who should I pitch this to? And and you're gonna be part of a pitch. Like I don't want me alone to pitch. Like your program, you should be able to join the partner conversation, share how amazing is the impact, how impactful your this is, because it's gonna be much more convincing. Because you're gonna have the sparkling eyes when you're gonna talk about it. And <laughs> I'm not because I was not there when this happened or something like this. So I think um, this is really important. And I think. Uh, also, we have a small ritual, like, we are quite playful people, mm. <laughs> I would say, like, <laughs> having, like, we dance, we sing, we, like, we celebrate. I think, like, celebration of, like, happy success story is really important. Mm. Like, yeah. it's sometimes we just, like, back to back to back, we're like, okay, wait, 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 what have we done this week? Oh, my God, this was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hug let's clap let's cheer (laughs) so this is so important as well and also like very flexible working hours and working from anywhere you want because we realize that people already put 100% of them in the work so like if you put boundaries it doesn't help like people are responsible for their work and so if they are responsible already like just give them freedom and and yeah, when you just tell someone you are responsible, it's okay. We will do the job anyway. <laughs> so no nice. need to to say from what time to what now we should like yeah mm. work. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, and then also really like your point that you say that each one of them as individual, they're awesome. Mm. Uh, super skillful, have mm. high capacity, but you know, in many other organizations, you bring this all amazing, talented people together, mm. and if they don't work well with each other, it actually bring the efficiency and uh, work performance down, mm. right? But in from what I've heard in in, uh, in Impact Hub, it's actually each one of you like as individual is already super awesome but mm. then uh, then you still intensify mm. uh, the potential of each other's and you know bring each other's up um, I think it's pretty incredible mm. um, yeah really congratulations for that and also you know that being able to connect with your teammates not just as you know the face of like, oh, this is me when I'm at work, but really different faces of like, this is the playful me, this mm. is the, uh, you know, friends, friends, mm. friendship side of me, mm. you know, 
being able to connect with people in multiple levels, um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty amazing. So one year on of your phase three, where do you see yourself um, <laughs> in this phase three for th in moving forward? Yeah, at first I feel more comfortable now. <laughs> Only now. Um, and I feel, yeah, I see, I see, I think, uh, yeah, my, my value. Um, like, it's more like, yeah, I see that since I've been here for a long time, I feel like, yeah, I... I've been quite, uh, yeah, at building this culture, I was quite instrumental, I would say, at like creating this culture and like, yeah, like creating this team dynamic and this like, uh, yeah. So I felt like this is such a, this is so, I, I think I can like, okay, <laughs> have it thick like I'm yeah. like uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like okay mission accomplished <laughs> on this part I feel like okay now I build a strong foundation especially when you yeah you kind of build a, a new company when you double the, the team in, in such a, a short amount of time like it's like you have to set the culture from the beginning and mm. to, to make sure it's gonna go well um, and uh I think now it's like, yeah, how can I explore more this part on like training of incubators? How can I also share more out there to the world what's happening in Cambodia? And mm. I already started sharing uh, to, um, I, I wrote an article called Cambodia 2040, which is not reimagine Cambodia 2040. Imagine Cambodia 2030. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the article is called Reimagine Cambodia yeah. 2030. Yeah. And um, where basically I try to map out all the incredible innovation that are currently emerging in Cambodia mm. in many different domains for just like tourism, agriculture, healthcare, education, um, like youth empowerment and basically I make an article where I show what the world like what Cambodia could look like in 10 years if we scale up all this innovation and then like how to make it happen so this article like took me one year to write <laughs> but now it's out and I'm so happy Yay. about it and I really hope that I yeah this article can be shared especially like and read by people Cambodians who are outside Cambodia mm. like the French Cambodian the American Cambodian mm. Australian Cambodian all this diaspora and especially the second generation that have still maybe a different idea of what Cambodia is and, and I, I really really think that they're going to be the next like change makers of Cambodia like this diaspora coming back to Cambodia mm. like bringing in like the talent the skills their passion their money their network to uh, develop also like the future of Cambodia to kind of accelerate what is happening currently nice. in Cambodia yeah and uh, and also I think uh, 
like to close the loop also I was part of this I started phase one with the uh, U-Lab, uh, the U-Theory by Otto Schammer, my first mission. And now actually I just joined in my space free the U-Lab, but this one called Cambodia Future Lab, which wow. was applying this theory to the country. And I was selected to be part of a group of like incredible like 40 people who are mostly like Uh, like head of UN agencies, head of like big NGOs or head of like uh, like private companies and then like a lot of like secretary of state in their 30s who are really like passionate about like bringing a new like new vibe, <laughs> new, new, uh, new transformation for mm. Cambodia and really deeply care about the future of Cambodia. And uh, I found this experience such a incredible, <laughs> incredible experience because when you put together so many diverse people like this, like from so many different, uh, yeah, background, but all with this kind of leadership position, this kind of like care for the country, like mm. the goal was all like, how can we make Cambodia a better place? Right. And and then like the level of conversation, the vulnerability of each of us, and and more like reflecting of our own leadership role of like, okay, what kind of yeah change can I bring at my own level? Uh, to Cambodia in terms like me in entrepreneurship but also in terms of me using my like my knowledge and my um, network to inspire these people who are at this decision making level who might not know yet like what's the reality of entrepreneurs what's the reality of yeah of these youth who are like not yet exposed to this kind of people so Like I really see myself like more as a bridge now between mm. these different organizations and try to 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 share this voice, to share, put some spotlight on this emerging initiative that hopefully could be scaled thanks to the support of these different organizations of individuals. So mm, yes, nice. So uh, positive about future because you have amazing team built really strong team culture and uh, published your um, how do you how do Article? you call articles mm -hmm. uh, almost like I, I I actually glanced through um, your your medium page it's almost like encyclopedia of um, mm -hmm. uh, you are like you know like um, it's like a living encyclopedia yeah. uh, of of Uh, different social enterprises in different mm. industries, and then also uh, phase three of this theory, theory U, uh, the the future lab of Cambodia, or mm, Cambodia future lab, Cambodia future lab, uh, where you see so many possibilities mm. and potentials. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's sounds super super positive. Um, really like you're like, very hopeful. And I think like what I experience with the Cambodia Future Lab, I think is for me is the future of policy making. Ah. And I think this is like super powerful because it's like when you connect people on a personal level yeah. and you make them have this like deep, vulnerable and powerful conversation, mm -hmm. like you are more willing to listen, to understand, you are more willing to start thinking about what's wrong and what you are currently doing and start doing things differently. 
and I feel like for me like yeah like for me yeah when you build friendship with people like or you it's like a first step of like yeah understanding different reality and mm. and being more yeah more grounded or more like don't know more connected <laughs> to something different yeah 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 exactly because even though like it's a very high level macro level stuff but at the end of the day it's still um, from a human perspective mm. right it's someone behind it who is seeing the things and yeah. from their perspective trying exactly. to uh, yeah pin down the the policy and, and it's it's really like it's really per- like for me anything is people mm. <laughs> I don't yeah. see like for me like when they say like okay so we're gonna we need to change this policy. I'm like, it's not about... Uh, for me, policy making is people. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know the right people. Can you... Like, the people who are in the power to make this change, do they know the information or no? Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, how do we transfer the information to them right now? Like, mm. okay. Yeah. Can it be by telegram? Can it be by uh, uh, coffee? Can it be by... <laughs> this is the way <laughs> like mm. I don't know if it's too naive to think like this but like like again this is like beyond like for me like the, the big words that I'm like oh it's too complicated like I'm like what are we mean what do we mean who who is doing it <laughs> who is mm. who can can we accelerate <laughs> who can we amplify who can we connect the dots with so that the change will happen faster mm. <laughs> so you are the that's why you say you're the bridge yeah um <laughs> yeah it's pretty amazing so yeah and um i think we've spoke about a lot about your career in in impact hub um your phase one phase two and phase <laughs> now phase three uh so maybe because you actually mentioned about someone during the one of your answer uh, and I think it's uh, very worth mentioning to bring up in this interview you say that oh, just now you say oh, if, if we ask your boyfriend you, your mood is like roller coaster and stuff um, actually at that point I really want to bring that up <laughs> but I also want to close the Impact Hub chapter as well yeah. so finally we can uh, uh, maybe dig speak uh, about it more. yeah yeah no I would say um, I would say like yeah I found like okay okay wait <laughs> so <laughs> having the defi- like for me uh, like a great partner mm. like is someone who make you grow Aww. someone who like really like support you and I think like I really found him <laughs> on this like it's really like I think he's the first person who tell me about like the war like yeah burnout just tell uh. me like oh, be careful you're gonna burn out and I was like no 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 it's like yeah but be careful and then I just google it and then this is when I realized like oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm going into a wall and like if he didn't really tell me this before I was just going like straight like full speed into the wall <laughs> but like I mean like, I managed to kind of like slow down and reflect and like think about what is important in my life and all of this thanks to him to kind of like slow me down and take care more of my emotional <laughs> uh, emotional pressure that I had 
and um, and I think yeah, like super supportive all the time. And I think is like our story started a bit like unexpectedly, and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to share a bit like a story because we actually met at the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything is connected. Like <laughs> I love <laughs> I love this sentence so much. So because. The crazy thing is, um, so I was at the airport and then I didn't have, uh, yeah, so you know at the immigration when you take the bag? Yeah, And then, so I just like put my bag. No, I was before this and then behind there is a guy who knocked my shoulder and like, huh? He's like, hello, why do you have this pin on your bag? I was like, huh? And it was the Impact Hub Hong Kong pin. Ah. And then I was like, oh, because I work at Impact Hub. Actually, I've never been to Impact Hub Hong Kong. But <laughs> it's actually my boss who gave it to me. I was like, I don't know how to make pin in Cambodia. Okay, I'm going to put an Impact Hub Hong Kong pin on my bag. And then um, and then he's like, yeah, oh my God, it's so funny. Like, I, Impact Hub Hong Kong is not so well known, but so so funny that a girl in Paris have an Impact Hub Hong Kong pin. I was like, oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then the conversation should have stopped here, but I forgot to put my a bracelet in metal in my <laughs> my thing that goes in the X-ray. Oh. So I said, oh, can I put it in, in your bag? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, okay. And then, so I have to wait for him at no. the end to pick up my bracelet back and then and then we started talking and then he told me that he was in the ecosystem as well like also supporting entrepreneurs and that he went to study in Mexico and Whoa. then I went to study in Peru and wow. like oh so cool so cool and then we we talk and he said oh yeah where are you going uh, next and he's like oh I'm going uh, to Hong Kong but I would love to do some impact project in Vietnam if you have any contact I said yeah, yeah yeah I have a contact of one girl Mindy and maybe she can connect you and so just make a, a Facebook chat and then and then yeah and then we started talking a bit on Facebook and I said okay I say, see you okay bye <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you and then uh, yeah and then like Maybe like, I don't know, like two or three months later, I say, oh, yeah, you know, like this contact you you gave me actually, like it led to another contact. And now I'm going to be part of like starting a project called the Learning Hub in Vietnam. And this is super exciting and you should come and visit me. And yeah, and <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. And so then we keep on talking. And then, yeah, six months later, I say, okay, uh, I've never been to Hanoi. Let's go and see. And then... Like yeah, I was I was not sure what's gonna happen, and, uh, but I went to see him. He made a small joke when I arrived. Like he told me that his driver called Melanie gonna huh. pick me up. <laughs> but actually, it was him. <laughs> it was like it was Melanie written in Vietnamese sign. Ah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then when we start. Like we're like, oh, nice, nice to be together, and then it's like, oh, but maybe we can meet each other again in Bangkok, and then it's like, okay, yeah, and like, oh, you invited to this conference in Singapore, me too, okay, let's go together, and then we go like this, and then uh, started like this, like we don't really know if we are together or not, mm. <laughs> like a bit like, yeah, we we appreciate when we are together, but then we don't know if we're gonna meet again, and then. Um, and then after a six months like after I tell him like hey what do you do for Christmas and I say oh I'm gonna go on this train in India called the Jagriti Yatra wow I was like, what 
<laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Oh my god, me too. I'm going at this program of my life. And wow! So incredible. So actually, on this train, what was incredible? So it was him. We were like maybe ten foreigners and four hundred fifty mm. Indian people. Yeah, and like one of the foreigner was him. Mm-hmm. And one of the other foreigners was the co-founder of Ticket for Change. Wow. Of like the friend of the one who, found, who wrote the book that changed my life. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so everything is connected. And so yeah, it was such an incredible journey, like this train. And then, yeah, and then we were not so sure if we were together again. <laughs> Until... Uh, until yeah, I went to the global gathering of all the impact team in Brazil. Mm. It was incredible time. And then on my flight back, I stopped in Paris for like twenty hours, and I saw him. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, I miss you. I miss you too. Okay, <laughs> let's be together. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so actually, now it have been three years that we are together, and. Uh, Yeah, like such a credible guy, and actually, uh, like, and one thing that actually to, to talk a bit more about him. Uh, so actually, he's uh, he has a podcast. Wow! Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know a podcast, uh, but the podcast is called Lifeline. <laughs> I really, really recommend you to 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 check it out. It's really good podcast. So so yeah yeah. I think uh, him. Melanie <laughs> gave enough hints. They met in Paris. The guy <laughs> speaks some Vietnamese. Was very passionate about Vietnam. Been to Mexico. Done the uh, Jack Yatra. Um, <laughs> The has a podcast called the Lifeline Podcast. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. guess um, by now you can tell the name. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you so much. What an incredible story! And I feel yeah, yes, you mentioned everything is connected. Mm. All of your experiencing impact hub become the icebreaker and you know the deep conversation, like finding similarities mm. of studying in the. Uh, Latin America, mm. passionate about social entrepreneurship, and then uh, shared a lot of like um, interesting journey mm. uh, in different countries. Yeah, it's a very, very, very fascinating story. <laughs> and I, I, I still didn't tell you about the birthday gift, but like, if there is any guy listening to this podcast right now, if you want to impress your girlfriend and make her love you forever, <laughs> it's like. Really, really recommend you to to check out. So I want to highlight one, like the first first because we were almost three years separate apart. Like, like we were not distance. living in the same country, like ah. so it was quite long. Yeah. So we had to innovate our relationship. Mm. <laughs> and so, like I just want to share with you like next level birthday gift. So basically, like the first uh, year we were together. Uh, So he created a chatbot. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and actually created a chat. So first, uh, and and I had to unlock the a new email address with a password that was a combination of maybe like fifteen words, and uh, to make sure I have all the words correctly, I have to test them through a chatbot. Oh, will tell wow. me yes or no. It's the correct word 
oh my god it took me like three hours to <laughs> resolve this uh, challenge and i was so excited and he automatized everything so like like yeah the email sent and everything like so incredible and then it unlocked uh email address that led to a poem that was wow. so beautiful oh, so incredible and then uh second year next level <laughs> so this time okay this is another topic oh my god <laughs> like so like Everyone know about the sustainable development goals, mm. but I have actually created with my roommates the sustainable home goals, yes. which is like hacking the sustainable <laughs> development goals to make it more relatable to your current life. And so, for example, like instead of like zero hunger, there's mm. one which is called like cook delicious food. Instead of uh, like what else? Uh, responsible consumption mm. and uh, production. It's like be a responsible consumer and mm. try to buy like organic and try to buy like non-packaged food yeah. and localized food. Anyway, so these are like very cheap, like I really care about these goals. <laughs> and so when he asked like my friends to make a video related to this where they ask me a question mm. and then the answer of the question will be the password to the next video. But the thing is, He didn't ask five of my friends or ten of my friends. He actually asked 100 of my friends. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. But like friends that were from very long time, but I didn't speak to them for so long. And then like, oh my God, I was so overwhelmed. It took me like more than 14 hours to complete everything I was so overwhelmed I was so like crying laughing crying laughing wow. I never cried this much <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then at the end he even like got like super VIP people that I really care about like, even like my school director even wow. like like the founder of Jacques Théâtre even wow. like the, the, the one that made the pin <laughs> in Hong Kong like <laughs> Wow. Like so, every like so many incredible people. So I was very touched, and and then he made a pitch deck to explain the process and everything. Like so. He even hired a Fiverr on Fiverr someone to make a teaser, like Whoa. a like a jingle, like, <laughs> like you know, like the, the beginning of a video. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'm very grateful to have such an incredible boyfriend like this one. Oh, <laughs> that's so touching and heartwarming. And also good luck to all the guys who are listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> oh my God. The standard, the benchmark is so high oh, now. Yes. The amount of uh, dedication and uh, yeah. effort. <laughs> yeah, and then... Um, Cool. So I guess we are going to wrap up uh, the line flying the, this episode now. And I think we didn't have time to have the three usual questions in the last episode. So just we will do it this time. So um, uh, so if you can go back to go back in time and have a conversation with. Um, with your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? Uh, 18 years old, uh, this is perfect. Because actually I would tell her, don't worry, you're going to speak English. Wow. <laughs> you're 
gonna speak Spanish. She gonna Aww. even speak more. <laughs> like because I was so bad. <laughs> and uh, don't worry, you can you will be able to speak in front of a lot of people and be confident. Like I was so terrified to speak in public. I was so shy back then. Mm. I was such a shy person. <laughs> and uh, and just like it's just the beginning of the best. 10 years of your life mm. so wow. be ready for it wow. <laughs> say yes to opportunities that you find scary but just go for it and also yeah continue if you are frustrated about something be constructive and speak your mind because you might lead to very good opportunities nice. afterward. <laughs> wow super encouraging <laughs> message and I think that applies to whoever is listening to this and having some questions and self-doubt yeah it applies to you too okay so the next question is um, if you are to describe yourself in three hashtags what would those Mm. three hashtags be I would say uh, uh, positive Mm. I think a lot of people say that I'm quite positive mindset um um, adventurous. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like doing things that are a bit out of the box. Like, like yeah, like yeah. I, yeah. I don't like normal things. <laughs> uh, I would say also, um, yeah, caring. Mm. Yes, yes, I yeah. care for people and the planet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Perfectly summarize <laughs> all the stories and things that we've talked about. Um, okay, so the last question is uh, How do you want people to remember you? <laughs> by, I would say by this fresh tag, someone like someone who cared, someone mm. who did all she can to change the things that she could do, and yeah. um, someone who, yeah was the launch pad for f- many projects like someone who yeah give the confidence and believe in people where they were not believing in themselves and Aww. yeah someone who is like yeah kind of like nurture people like put the first seed in the mind like and like help them to get started yeah <laughs> i would say and and like uh, yeah I can't follow all the projects until they are like mature and all of this, but I can be the first push for them to to get started mm. and uh, be here for for them. Mm. Um, and I hope that it's more like the, the gardener Yay. metaphor that I really love. Like I really, yeah, I really want to be like a gardener to put as medicine as possible and. Some will be a big tree that will create more seeds. Some gonna be like going a different direction, and it's gonna be okay. Like I feel like, yeah, helping people find the best potential of themselves, and and not like wasting the talent. Like everyone has something they can do at small or big level, mm. but don't think the big level is only for the big people. No. Also, the small people can do big things. I think, yes. like, this is what I realized. Like, when I start, like, reflecting, I was like, I'm a small person. Like, 
how can I do all of this? It's just like, just do it. Mm. <laughs> and uh, and when you realize that you speak with big people, that you think are big, like they are very small people too. <laughs> like everyone is a human, and everyone is like has their struggle and everything. So, like, go for it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, 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 indeed, indeed. Um, cool. I think everything that actually also, again, summarize everything that you, all the stories that you shared and every all the values that you believe in and how you, through your actions, are, you know, implementing it. And you want people to see things are possible either mm. through your own experience or through your belief in them mm. Mm. Exactly. yeah yes. so uh yeah okay so before we wrap up the whole episode how can people support you support impact up how can they reach out to you yeah actually now so i'm thinking like so with the long we were <laughs> no oh, 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 I said uh, so we were brainstorming of like okay how can we support better these early stage entrepreneurs that has incredible ideas incredible project but are too small to get an investment are too small to um to have access to a loan or don't have any personal saving but they are the very talented people but if they don't do anything now their talents would be wasted mm. <laughs> and sometimes these people like I see it every day like sometimes they just need like $1,000 $2,000 to buy a machine to hire 1% to mm. do something like and even if they do a lot of things by themselves, sometimes it's too much. And sometimes it's just like going to burn them up and destroy them forever. Mm. And instead of like properly like launching them. And I think like, like, yeah, like Cambodia is still like, so we are not having any access to crowdfunding platform like Indiegogo ah. or like Kickstarter because Stripe doesn't allow Cambodian banking account to receive money or Ooh. PayPal as well. So like, this is my, my new like, big question of like how can we support them and at Impact Hub actually we already gave like almost half a million dollar to more than 90 startups so far and we have seen like the success rate is much higher than those who don't receive any funding and and they can really like properly like get started with a business like around like 67% actually success rate and so um, now it's like okay how can we make it easier like this flow of money can we redirect this and make people part of this thing of this uh, change not just having one donor who says decide to one person and only one person can benefit from it but how can every citizen who believe that in a more entrepreneurial future in a more like entrepreneurial way at solving problems can also be part of it. Mm. So we were thinking of creating this kind of like $30 fund, which is basically have people give away ever like $30 per year, mm. per month, mm. or per week, 
if you're very rich per day <laughs> to this fund and then this fund basically will be like going to uh, this fund that's going to be managed by impact incubators like in Cambodia for now and then go, we're going to meet every month and decide who deserves the most this money right now what's going to be helpful for and this is like a fund with no string attached like it's a fund to test new things it's a t- mm. fund to to buy a machine to hire someone to to pay yourself a salary to get started because otherwise like you have no money to live and dedicate to this project mm. um, so um, and so yeah and then like then share all the success story to the beneficiary and $30 per month is $1 a day mm. $1 a day is one uh, I don't know what is $1 a day is like one uh, <laughs> half cup of a half cup of like yeah, it's one third of a cup of coffee <laughs> so it's actually nothing for you but it can be life-changing for an entrepreneur we're gonna be then like developing a product that might impact a lot of lives in the future like might create a lot of job in the future so mm. okay so now if you're convinced by my speech <laughs> and you think this one should happen message me and tell me you want to part of to be part of it because now it's still like uh, I'm I'm prototyping it. I'm trying to see what the legal structure should look like. But the more people tell me that we should do it, the more encouragement I'm gonna have to be more focused on this and make it happen. So so yes. So this is how you can support me. Amazing. <laughs> I and support all this new generation of entrepreneurs. And where <laughs> can people message you on? Uh, yeah, mm. Facebook, LinkedIn. It's a good place. Perfect. Perfect. Thank Perfect. you so Thank much, you. Melanie. It's a wonderful <laughs> conversation again. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. For thank you so much for me. listening. If you stay till the end, you find out the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats for listening until the end of this episode. Of course, to best support Lifeline, you can share this episode to two of your friends and subscribe to the next episodes on any platform. See you next time.